podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show on ESPN in association with Betfred. Good to have you with us, gang. It is good to be back, quite frankly, and we are all about the draft over the coming weeks. Lots of episodes coming your way. Some brilliant guests to Jay Bell, Carlson, some friends from over across the pond in the ESPN galaxy. Getting you ready for the big show and we're getting straight down to it and launching a brand new strand of the show today, right here, right now, episode one of College Days, where we look at all the best prospects in the college system that are going to be playing in the NFL imminently, could be playing for your team. And given the fact the draft is on our doorstep, we're joining the dots. Why wait till the start of the 2021 season to get College Days going? We figured let's get this show on the road right now. And of course, front and center, our resident college expert, Ben Isaacs, kicking things off by taking a look at the quarterback class of 2021. Ben, welcome to the very first college days. Who else but Ben Isaacs could we've had on the very first and indeed the... Let's go again. Sorry. <laughs> ben, welcome to college days. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I mean, I am in a daze, most days. Mm. So college days, any days for me. I love it. I expect to see many of those on merchandise, uh, mugs, T-shirts, all of those brilliant plays on words you've just led off with. I think it's superb and a fine start. Uh, you obviously love what we did there with the title. It's great to have you on, bud. As I mentioned at the, in the intro, we're going to be rolling this out through the season. We're going to have regular strands checking in with you primarily about the next big things, right? So the players that will be emerging in the 2021 college season, heading for the 2022 draft, heading for the pros, but also looking at the big games in college that weekend that you can catch on ESPN Player. Uh, so really looking forward to that. But we figured, why are we going to wait? Why wait till 2021 uh, and the season starting? We're with the draft round the corner. We're going to put you to work now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we always say there is no off season, so mm. we we may as well we may as well just crack on. There's no point waiting for the kickoff. We just got to go. You are EP, the EPMD of college football <laughs> analysis, strictly business. Let's start because we're going to concentrate on quarterbacks today, right? Uh, want to tie in really the the situation that a number of teams apparently are locked in. Those that might be making moves as well which quarterbacks are likely to go where and why. But a key piece in all of this is the the Sam Darnold move to Carolina. So since we last rolled out a pod, that is one of the biggest deals that has dropped the Jets. Getting rid of their former third overall pick in only in 2018 as well. Moving to Carolina for a sixth rounder this year, a second and fourth rounder in 2022. And I love this deal, Ben. I love this deal for Carolina. I know that everybody is looking at this very much as the blueprint of a good deal because both sides seem to have got what they wanted. I think Carolina have got a a steal here. We've talked a lot on the show and over the years about the what have you done for me lately mindset, how quick teams are to discard players. And I think in this situation, I get it. It's a new regime in New York, a new system. They feel not least that they didn't hang their hat on Don or they weren't part of that crew that, that made that move to reach up and get him a few years ago. So there is a sense of 
I want a new fresh start. And also schematically, they might feel that Zach Wilson, who we'll talk about is a, is a better fit. I get all of that, but I think they're getting rid of him too quickly, given the value that they paid. And I think as a result, Carolina have bought low here. I think Donald at 23 has so much that he can offer that we just don't know and certainly shouldn't be writing him off at this stage and don't know that he is a bust as, as, as a deal like this kind of suggests. What do you make of it? He is 100% not a bust. I'm, I'm telling you now, he is, he is not a bust. He's not a bust because the Jets put him in such a terrible situation right. that the failings that he had were not his fault. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind to his final season in college. And I really felt he should have stayed for one more year. He was a starter for two years at USC, which is no mean feat. Plenty of great quarterbacks have come up. I felt he needed kind of one more year in the oven to get ready for the NFL. But like a lot of, like a lot of starting quarterbacks, two full seasons under their belt, they want to get into that draft, make their money. I don't, I don't blame them. Well, Mark Sanchez, think, another USC quarterback, exactly the same problem, right? And he had what, 16 starts then? Exactly exactly the same problem i mean donald had a bit more but mm. donald could have really done with that with that final year now of course the risk is you get injured or you end up having a really bad final year you like the team disintegrates and all of a sudden people are thinking oh he's not that great he's now a second round or he's a third round and you lose out on literally millions of dollars so i understand why he did it so then he gets drafted early by the jets a team that was in disarray a franchise that was in disarray He's put in a bad situation. Not the Jets, surely. I know, exactly. Who would have thunk it? So he came into this situation with absolute chaos. Coaching, the coaching was bad. There was not much talent on the roster. And he couldn't get the job done. I'm not sure any quarterback could have really got the job done in that situation. If, if you'd put Tom Brady in that Jets team, I don't think we'd have been looking at, you know, what, what happened to the Bucs this year. The Jets were a mess. However, I think they have 100% done the right thing in getting rid of Donald. I think they need that fresh start. Mm. Whether whether the quarterback they pick is any better than Sam Donald, we shall see. But I think the situation that the next quarterback goes into in New York is better than the situation Sam Donald went into. We have not come close to seeing Sam Donald's ceiling. I believe that completely. Whether he's going to be a star in this league, I don't know. Can he be a very, very productive starter in this league? I'm pretty confident of that in the right situation. And I think Carolina is the right situation. They had a lot of holes in their roster last year, started the season quite well. I do like Teddy Bridgewater. He is somewhat limited. And I like this, I like this deal for them. I don't, I don't think that there was a quarterback in the draft that they wanted that much. I think they wanted Deshaun Watson. Now, nobody wants Deshaun Watson for reasons that we're, we're not going to get into here. So this, this, is, this is ideal for them. They don't have to invest too much. If it turns out that Sam Darnold is an absolute disaster and neither of us think he is, then they haven't given up so much that they've mortgaged their future and they can't draft someone next season. I think this, is, this works for both teams. But I think the Panthers get the better end of the deal because the Jets just needed that fresh start. Got to remember as well that the Colts are big winners in this, right? Because when the Jets moved up to get Darnold, they dealt the Colts three second rounders in total, right? And that year, the Colts picked, and, and they flipped picks, right? So the Colts mm-hmm. picked six that year. They picked Quinton Nelson that year. He's a pro bowler. They got two second rounders that year. 
one of them, Braden Smith was the one that they got from the Jets, but the other pick immediately before that was Darius Leonard, right? And you could argue, mm-hmm. well, would they have necessarily gone that route if they didn't have the luxury of two picks as well? So the Colts are smiling all the way to the bank there. Interesting as well, Sports Illustrated reporting other teams that were interested in Darnold. San Francisco, Washington, and Denver. Sports Illustrated reporting. Mm-hmm. Those are the three teams that had at least had some kind of tangible dialogue with the Jets before Carolina ended up with the prize. Final question on this, and it's relevant because it brings us to, of course, the uh, and those three teams in particular that I've just mentioned uh, could all be in the mix for quarterbacks in the draft. You mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. Where does he land next? Because, and, and this is kind of underlines my point about Donald to a degree, Ben. I, 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 I get it and I maintain irrespective of fresh start, different system, it's too quick to get rid of. It, it, teams are too quick to move on. And I could argue, you could argue that Caroline was 12 months ago. We were talking about what a look at the cameo Teddy had in New Orleans and he's played his way into a great contract and what a situation he's got in, a, in an emerging, developing, no pressure, really franchise like Carolina. <laughs> now Teddy's on, on the scrap heap. Yeah. Uh, the, the deal for Bridgewater last year seemed really savvy from the Panthers point of view. And that, that looked like, Oh, that's, that's a good fit. That's smart. We don't know if there's stuff behind the scenes, and I don't mean that like Bridgewater is um, is trouble, but just that perhaps he and he and the coaches and Matt Rule are just not quite on the same page with mm. what they want to do. That Matt Rule has has systems in place, and that Bridgewater isn't quite right for it. We don't know if Matt Rule has coveted Sam Darnold for a long time and finally saw his opportunity. Uh, yes, they're perhaps moving on from Bridgewater too quickly, but. I'd like to think, I, I, I think Matt Rule is a very, a very smart guy. I'd like to think that he's got a plan in place. Teddy Bridgewater can still be productive in this league. I think perhaps his moment has passed that he is going to uh, be a franchise quarterback, but I think he can be a very solid player who, you know, if you've got a young, if you've got a very young starter and you have Teddy Bridgewater as a backup, I think you could do a, a hell of a lot worse. There, there are plenty of teams I think that could do with, um, an experienced, intelligent, likable starter that can sit for a while and help out a young guy in Teddy Bridgewater. Well, that could be important in terms of what happens with the draft and certain teams like Atlanta we're going to get onto, who sitting there with the fourth pick might well take a quarterback to sit under Matt Ryan and other teams might look at that as well. Maybe not, obviously not that high, but might look at a, a Teddy plus a third or fourth rounder to sit under him. Look at that, that kind of tag team. Let's get to, to the draft then. Let's get down to business because there are certain things I think we're pretty sure about, but lots of other eventualities that could uh, could occur and divided opinion on what certain teams are going to look at and where certain quarterbacks are going to land. So the thing we know, 99.999% is, is Trevor Lawrence going first overall. There's got to be that that tiny million to one. If they get on draft, they some insane offer, then maybe they'll look at it. But I, th- I think we're, we're pretty clear. It's the consensus opinion that the Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. So we've heard a lot of hype. We've heard a lot about this guy being a lock, a sure thing, the next Andrew Luck, that every 10 years or so, 
Because remember, Ben, as you often remind us, taking quarterback in the first round is a 50-50 call. Yeah, it's a pretty much a 50-50 call as to whether they're going to play out. For every quarterback that ends up like Andrew Luck, that ends up uh, landing for you, you got a Christian Ponder, right? Just luck. you got a Blaine Gabbert. You've got Ready? a Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus You've got a- Russell. Even like Mariota and Winston, right? We obviously went one and two. So picking first overall is not a guarantee of a, of a sure thing. But then every now and then there are quarterbacks that it's – inconceivable they're going to whiff. Peyton Manning was one. Andrew Luck was another. By all accounts, Trevor Lawrence is in that school. So firstly, do you agree with that? And if you do, tell us why he's that good. You know what I'm going to do first? I'm going to, because if you're a fan of an AFC South team that is not named the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're probably getting a little bit stressed about Trevor Lawrence, that if he is the next Peyton Manning and you've got to deal with Peyton Manning in effect, for the next 10, 15 years. That's that's pretty stressful. I'm going to tell you some of Trevor's weaknesses. Ooh, I like the because, way he started with his weaknesses. Because I, I feel that there were a lot of fans who were just getting really worried. I mean, you don't, you don't want to have to face this guy twice a You'll season. You'll do this for all those Houston fans out there who, let's face it, <laughs> have had a pretty, pretty torrid time of it. Yeah, so I, I, don't know if I, could, I don't know that. if I could cheer them up completely, but... The thing is, is that Clemson would run a very straightforward, simple offense. Not because that's all that Trevor Lawrence could run, but that's what they did. And he would always be up against teams that he was more, that they had a more talented team, that they were nine times out of 10 far superior, except when it came to Alabama. Now, he obviously didn't lose a lot of games, but in the game against Ohio State in the playoff, he wasn't great. Justin Fields was easily the best quarterback in that game. He was feeling the pressure. He sometimes will just, he doesn't quite anticipate what players are going to do. And that's both defenders and his wide receivers. Sometimes he's just putting it out there. But I'm clutching at straws here, guys. Like, <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of weaknesses. I, I have absolute confidence that if you put him in a complicated offense, he is going to figure that offense out Mm. and as far as the anticipation goes i think a lot of that has been because he hasn't he hasn't had to show that anticipation which he which he will in the nfl he's obviously going to get he is going to get challenged so that's something we're hearing we're hearing a lot right we'll we'll talk about this in relation to mac jones who many people think is going to go third overall to to the 49ers you might i can't wait to get into that but yeah carry on but with mac jones there this is i suppose you could apply this to all quarterbacks to to a slightly different degree but with mac jones he had this brilliant offensive line at alabama he had the best receiving core by a country mile in the entire ncaa i saw a stat that pff pushed out that compared to joe burrow if you want to make that kind of year-on-year comparison burrow when he was coming out completed into tight windows 124 passes Mac, 44 passes into tight windows. Everybody's wide open. Everything's easy. It's all laid on a plate for him. But he can't affect that. He can't change that. I get why that would create an, a cause for concern to a degree. But you could apply this and find these narratives with every draft quarterback, can't you, Ben? Well, given what they, uh, their experience and what they had in front of them, you can find a way to criticize and a shortcoming that may not have any kind of bearing as a pro. Uh, yeah, to a certain extent, that's absolutely true. Um, we'll we'll get on to we'll get on to Mac Jones a little bit more, but with Trevor Lawrence, um, 
you know, just talking about tight windows, the way that he can thread those passes in mm. is absolutely unreal. Well, I get it. it's better if he if you've got the body of evidence to show he can do it. But it's not always, it's not exactly, the opportunities don't always right. arise. I mean, you know, you or I might be amazing prime ministers, but unless we're given that opportunity, how can, you know, how can we prove ourselves? And Mac Jones, because he hasn't been put behind a weak offensive line and didn't have, you know, if he didn't have amazing wide receivers, what sort of quarterback would he, would he become? Just to be clear, I see you as more of a draconian home secretary than anything else. But... Oh, I would love that. Just behind, just behind the scenes being Terrifying. pretty evil. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, that's what, listeners, that's what he's like to work with, by the way. For the, all this <laughs> smiley, jokey Ben Isaacs, don't buy it. It is all a front. Um, with Trevor Lawrence, though, he has, he's so strong, physically strong. He's, you, you, you look at him on the field, and because he's, a, he's quite a big guy, it's surprising how athletic he is and how he can extend plays with his legs. Mentally, he can process things so quickly. I... I haven't been this confident about a rookie quarterback coming into the league since Andrew Luck. Mm. Now, Andrew Luck was phenomenal. And if he hadn't retired when he did, and this is partly his intelligence that, you know what, I'm done with this. If he hadn't retired when he did, I think he would have had a Hall of Fame career. Right. Um, and the, the Colts being able to go from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck was unreal luck, no pun intended. Nice. And I think... I, I don't want to compare him too much to Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning is like a top five all time, but he's that sort of player in the way that he, um, the way that he looks at the game. But imagine if Peyton Manning could run as well, an absolutely terrifying prospect. Trevor Lawrence is the best player in this draft. If he had been in last year's draft, he would have been the best player in the draft. If he'd been mm. in the draft the year before, he'd have been the best player in the draft. He's not just the best quarterback prospect. He is the most talented player to come into the NFL in the last few years. And Jags fans, get excited because if he lives up to his potential, you are going to see your team go to multiple Super Bowls. That is going to happen. Mm. You can quote me on that. All right. We're definitely quoting you on that. That's also going on a mug right now. It's that I've already <laughs> pushed the button. Ollie's already putting that in production right now. It's forgetting the rest of the record. Uh, okay. Zach Wilson, two to the Jets, seems to be, again, consensus opinion. You never know. Uh, but I think we're talking 99.999% also for this, right? Uh, unless you see it differently, Ben. If so, what kind of player are the Jets getting? Why are they so sure that he is the right call ahead of Justin Fields, ahead of Mac Jones, ahead of Trey Lance? Why is Zach Wilson to the Jets? Do you know what worries me about him? And this might go against what I was saying earlier. I think if I was going to compare him to a player, to a quarterback who has come into the league in recent years with the way that he plays uh -oh. and the way his body is, I would say Sam Donald. I feel they're getting, <laughs> I feel they're just That's getting amazing. Sam Donald 2.0, but it's like, look, let's start again. Let's do Sam Donald again and do it with Zach Wilson. Now they have, they have similar, they have similar bodies. No, I don't feel either of them have the ideal kind of body type, but they have both been in college, at least very accurate and able to improvise competitive guys who love the game. But I mean, Zach Wilson, by all accounts, is going to go number two. He's not. He's not my second favorite 
out of these quarterbacks. I've always said Justin Fields is. I saw plenty of Zach Wilson during the course of last season, and I saw him on a team again that was overmatched when you when you mm. look at the opposition. That they had they had a fantastic offensive line and all, and he had these weapons because most of the teams that Zach Wilson played against, and when you see some of his highlights, they are playing absolute trash. This is it. This is it, right? So this is what everybody's saying. And to, to echo my point earlier on, oh, Zach Wilson. I mean, look at the opposition. I mean, you can't win, right? Either, you know, yeah, you've got you've got to be able to you've got to be able to look at look at what he's done, see how he plays, and project him to the next level. So you do this day in day out, looking at college talent. So you have concerns. I I do have concerns because I what I wanted to do, and I've whenever I go back to this game, it scares me a little bit. His toughest game last season was against Coastal Carolina. The college season last year was absolute chaos. Mm. And BYU, where Zach Wilson went to university, were an independent. So they didn't have a league structure already there. And they were just like almost week by week, who can we play? Who can we play? They were undefeated. Coastal Carolina were undefeated. And they decided late in the season, let's play a game because one of us is going to go up in the rankings because of this. Great decision. A lot of, a lot of college teams duck out of those and both teams were well up for it. So... Against Coastal Carolina, the toughest game of his of his season, it was one of the best games of the of the year. And there's a fourth and two, right at the end of the game. BYU trying to score a touchdown to win the game. Do you forget which down it was, Brady style? Oh, I, yeah. Well, like when I, I I I keep replaying this in my mind, and each time I watch it, it drives me crazy. Zach Wilson has a tight end open. He's got plenty of time. The tight end is screaming for the ball. He is past the first down marker. He can get the ball and keep the, keep the drive running. Zach Wilson goes like full Brett Favre. And he's like, I'm going long. I'm going for the touchdown now. Mm. Missed. Mm. BYU lose the game. Now that decision-making, I, I like the confidence. I like that gunslinger attitude, but situational awareness You've got your fourth down conversion on a plate. Mm. Take it. You might have confidence in your ability. Have confidence in your ability on first, second, third, and fourth down on the next set of downs. Take Mm. that fourth down. So he's clearly got a lot of talent. He's got a lot to learn. None of these guys are perfect. Even Trevor Lawrence isn't perfect. That's why I mentioned some of his weaknesses. Zach Wilson worries me a little bit because of who, because of who he's played and how, when, when, He's up against a slightly tougher opponent. Things haven't gone so well, and he's and he's missed those throws. He is still good, and he is still someone who can be a top quarterback in the league. But he's a gambler. But I think he is a gambler, and he is a gambler in the way that he plays. So you know, you 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 get that. Which Sam Darnold is a, is safer in terms of kind of those throws he will make, but I. I keep thinking about that fourth and two against Coastal Carolina. And if, if he doesn't pan out, I'm going to be talking about that play for the next 10 years. So I hope for his sake that... I think for all our sakes. Uh, the, <laughs> Zach yeah. Wilson, please. I want him 400 yards, four touchdowns <laughs> on his opening, opening game. Uh, Mac Jones, third to the 49ers. We think this is where things start to get interesting because when the 49ers made the move, it was clearly to get a quarterback, right? That that's that's the one thing we can be pretty certain of. I know that Kyle Pitts will talk later on this month as we break down other other players in in the draft. Is 
by your estimation, Ben, you were telling me yesterday on our radio show that uh, the most complete player maybe in, in, in the draft and uh, an absolute baller, but going up to number three, dealing as the 49ers did, you got to be getting a quarterback doing that. And then it, I think initially all the buzz was, well, that they're, they're looking to, to get fields because Wilson's going to, to the Jets, maybe Trey Lance. And then suddenly all this Mac Jones uh, hype began. Now it kind of makes sense, right? I was looking at, uh, Baldy was talking about this actually in terms of the offensive fit, right? And how he's a good fit for what Shanahan wants to do. He compared Baldy, this was Mac Jones to Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins and Matt Schaub as well back in the day in Houston when Shanahan was there and says that similar kind of attributes. Uh, really, really interesting work from Baldy there saying this is why he's convinced that Mac Jones is going to be the 49ers guy, but there's this counter narrative starting to emerge that it's all a smokescreen that actually they're not going to go for Mac Jones and they will look uh, at fields or, or elsewhere. So what's going on? Who do you think is the best fit for the 49ers? Do you think they're going to take Jones? Um, I, I, I do get amused by all this talk of it's a smokescreen. Um, and there is a, there is a, there are a lot of people saying, Oh, it's a smokescreen. Why is there a smoke screen? Who were they trying? Who were they trying to fool? They 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 want people to think they're going to take someone else. Be like, haha, fooled you. We took someone else. They can take who they want. They know who's going to go number one and number two. They know that. Then mm. there's no point trying to fool anybody. It does seem like they're going to take Mac Jones, and I'll be honest, that is the that is the wrong decision. Is the smoke screen argument that maybe they they've, they've traded up for three? They're making it look like they're going to get Mac Jones. They're getting teams to believe that they're going to go for Mac Jones. So a team, say for example, the Detroit Lions sitting at seven, might look at dealing up because they want Fields, and they'll think, well, the Forty Nine ers will be happy with that because Jones will fall to them at seven. Well, maybe, but unless the, I mean, unless the forty nine is that too Costner? Is that too Costner drafting? I, I just I think it's that's too, that's too much of a that's too much of a crazy risk. I think I think if you if you go up to three, you are just there is there is a guy that you want, and and that's that, and you are just going to be laser focused on on that rather than oh we we've got this grand plan and we're going to move this and someone's going to come in and take this and we're going to get who we want dropped out. No. I think they do want Mac Jones. I'm I'm sorry, 49ers fans. Um, 49ers fans do not seem to want Mac Jones, and they're going to have to just f- flip a switch because if they draft him, then they're all going to be in like Mac Jones defense mode. Mac Jones can be an adequate NFL quarterback. Wow, that's he, <laughs> talk he, about talk about high, the hype machine. You is you Mac Jones is hype man. Uh, I'll I'll be <laughs> honest, right? If like we know it's it's always a quarterback hungry league perhaps perhaps this year more than most mm. if if you were just looking at talent he's maybe not a first round pick but because quarterbacks are more important wow. i don't i don't mean because he's so bad but he would be if if everyone was starting like you know from an equal an equal perspective i think he'd be a kind of early second round pick but if you are desperate for a quarterback and there's someone who you think we can mold this guy he's clearly very coachable Nick so said, what are they doing are they is this a good example of it alluded to i guess with with shanahan is this an example of a player on most people's boards and certainly based on as you say talent and raw attributes that would be much lower down but there is often a logical argument if he's the right guy for you and what you're trying to do then 
you go and get them and, and, and ignore everybody else. And we've seen that, uh, you know, in, not just with quarterbacks, but in, in different players, different occasions. This player fits what I want to do. So I'm going to take him and I don't care what... You know, Mike Mayock seems to be, you know, I remember the Raiders draft a couple of years back, the Jacobs draft. That seems to be when they had three first rounders. I think mm. that seemed to be very much um, his approach. Like Cleland Farrell was, was one that everybody was saying, what are they doing taking him there? And well, he works for us. He's who we want. I don't care what 8,000 draft Knicks are saying. This is what we want. We know our team better than anyone else. So presumably that's what the 49ers are reading here. Yeah. And, you know, they won't have just, um, they won't have just kind of like spent months watching ESPN player. They'll have spoken to this guy. They will have, they will have spoken <laughs> to all of his coaches. They, they will have more insights than, than me or anyone else in the media talking about, talking about Mac Jones. But the fact remains, Mac Jones does not have top level arm strength. He's not particularly mobile. He hasn't got a whole lot of experience, 17 starts in his career. You want to compare with Joe Burrow, who also didn't have many starts. The numbers that Joe Burrow put up as a national champion quarterback the previous season compared with Mac Jones, it's like night and day. Mm. And when you think of the wide receivers that Mac Jones was working with, a lot of those throws are automatic. He is, it's not like he's a bad player. And I think he can be a starter in the NFL in the right position. But I think sometimes GMs and head coaches will always feel they are the smartest guy in the room and they will feel, ah, I can fix that. Oh, he's doing that. I can fix that. And I can fix that yeah, as well. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes you can't, but he doesn't make With a lot him. of mistakes. He's very competitive and he is, he is not someone that's just, he is a winner. He's he a, winner. a winner. That's like old, he, school, old yeah. school scouting. But the thing about Mac Jones, he's a winner. But, he's, but, yeah, but he comes from, a, you know, he can't be discounted the culture he, he comes from, right? Uh, the Just on the 49ers, joining a few of our themes today together a little bit, they got Garoppolo, right? Now, I know there are injury concerns there, but it doesn't seem to me to be a massive upgrade, right? In the same way that I just don't, like, I'm not going to labor the point, but... Uh, the Jets, it's kind of head scratching, really. If they had, if they were Jacksonville, I get it, right? But they're not, they've got Sam Darnold. Why are you spending so much on this when you could strengthen elsewhere or in so many different ways? I feel the same with the 49ers. Is this really what you need right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Garoppolo. I've um, dismissively called him the, the West Coast Andy Dalton to you um, <laughs> a lot of times. And I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit harsh on on Garoppolo, but I think he is. I think he's limited. I think he's a game manager, and I can understand the 49ers wanting to move on from him. But if you're moving on from him to bring in Mac Jones, and we don't right. know for sure, but if you're bringing in Mac Jones, then I don't see that it's that much of an upgrade. Now, Mac Jones, I don't think his ceiling is as high as the as the other four big quarterbacks in this draft. Mm. But he, he he does have a high floor. I don't think he will ever be terrible because I think he will always be consistent and accurate and hardworking. I don't think he will be an absolute disaster. But the problem is, if you're drafted at number three, people aren't going to, people don't care about your high floor. They want to see your ceiling. They want to see you put up all Mm. pro numbers because nobody drafts someone at number three hoping for a competent starter. Was he a Derek Carr kind of level? Is that kind of where you might see him playing out? um, I would say below a Derek Carr. Mm. Below car, yeah, <laughs> <than> yeah. <laughs> Play your quarterbacks right with Ben Isaacs. There's a good, <laughs> there's a good eighties game show reference. Uh, right, L- let's go through the others then, because Justin Fields seems to be the the quarterback that 
has fallen from grace by all accounts. Now, it might just be, well, I think it, it, it conceivably is situation here that most other teams would have taken fields over Mac Jones. But as we've just said, Jones is a good fit. The 49ers have hatched their wagon. You've got fields, his draft stock falling. Where does he fall to? First of all, because after the 49ers at three, you've got the Falcons at four. They could take a quarterback. As we mentioned earlier on the show, they could take somebody sits under Matt Ryan you know, Rogers Favre, latterly the Mahomes-Smith dynamic. Teams don't do it enough. That would make a lot of sense. The Bengals aren't taking a quarterback. Sneaky rumors that the Dolphins who've moved back into the sixth spot dealing with Philly might be looking for a quarterback, although I'm not totally buying that. Then you've got the Lions at seven. You think, well, they're set because they've got Jared Goff as part of the Stafford deal, but maybe not as well. So who takes a quarterback next off the board and presumably if we're assuming Jones has gone third overall, presumably that quarterback will be Justin Fields. Or are you about to tell me that Trey Lance is going to be the next quarterback? Uh, no, I mean, I, there were a lot of people who would pick Trey Lance over Justin Fields. Personally, Justin Fields is my number two. Um, I why think Fields stock drop, stop, why is uh, his stock dropping so much? Um, I think, I think it's kind of partly draft silly season mm. and it was, um, people will people will kind of go and look for look for weaknesses, which is which is natural because you know we see we see lots of highlights. We hear people talking about what they do well. There was um, Dan Olofsky of ESPN was talking about end of the show. Dan Olofsky, you know, he was talking about you know Justin Fields wasn't as hard a worker and wasn't kind of didn't grasp playbooks as well as as well as some other quarterbacks, which may or may not be true. He's he's kind of clarified and sort of softened those comments. Justin Fields mm. is, whereas certain players kind of operate very much on instinct, um, and I think Zach Wilson, like his instinct was, I'm going to go long. I'm not going to take that short conversion. <sighs> Fields is much more methodical of, you know, right, here's what, I, here's what I'm going to do. And sometimes that decision-making can look like it's a little bit slow. It's like he's being just a bit too thorough sometimes. Mm. If you watch that performance, though, in the uh, playoff semifinal against Clemson, he was so dynamic. Everything seemed to be so crisp, so quick. I, he's he's athletic. He's he's accurate. I I think it's so unfair the way that his stock has dropped. And even, but even then, we're probably looking at you know him being taken in the top five. Right. I if I was if I was the Atlanta Falcons. I would be taking Justin Fields. I would say, look, you're a local boy. You're going to come here. You are going to be a hero. You are going to sit behind Matt Ryan, maybe for two mm. seasons. And when you step on that field in a couple of years, you are going to be fantastic. You are going to be the face of the franchise. Matt Ryan is on his way out, like it or not. We just don't know how soon that's going to mm. be. To me, that's the play. But if I was the Lions and I could take Justin Fields or Trey Lance and perhaps have them sit behind Jared Goff, I would take that in a heartbeat. Is Trey Lance the quarterback that has, in terms of physical attributes and physical talent, a huge amount, maybe more upside than any other quarterback beyond Lawrence, right? In the sense that he's the rawest out of them, but if things go to plan, he lands in the right situation, he develops in the way I guess Josh Allen has in, in Buffalo, that Lance could be the one that surpasses all the rest. Yeah, it's it feels like although he's kind of he's going to be judged along his peers in this draft, he is behind on his development for for a couple of reasons. Number one, he played one game last year because 
his he didn't he didn't play at the top level of college football. He played at the level below FCS at North Dakota State, and their season was moved to the spring. And that's no use for somebody who wants to get in the draft. So North Dakota State basically played one game at the start of the season, so he could play a game, mm. and then then he was done. Mm-hmm. He has not started many games in his career. There is not there is not a lot of footage of him. He is to tell you how how little he has played in college football, he has thrown one interception in his career. Now, not many quarterbacks get drafted having thrown one interception. (laughs) He's only thrown 30 touchdowns as well. But I mean, that's a nice ratio and you'd settle for that. But if someone's only thrown... Some negative draft they got there is like, well, look at that pick. I mean, it worries me, Ben, to be (laughs) Worries me that he... He should never have thrown that one ball. Um, It's... He's so tough to evaluate because the teams he he was up against were not at the top level of college football. When I say the top level, I don't mean Alabama Clemson. I mean, they did not play in the FBS system. They play in the next level down. It's like, yeah. it's not even like comparing the premier league to the championship. It is a, it is a bigger golf, but that does not mean top level players don't play at FCS. It's just harder to evaluate because of the guys they are up against because they are, they aren't playing. They aren't playing against future NFL players. He did pretty much everything right. He plays in a very pro-style system. North Dakota State, they, they have an offense that is not out of, would not be out of place in the NFL. But he doesn't throw the ball that much. He averages something like 17, 18 completions per game because that's the system. Not because he's missing throws, but that's the system. But he has pretty much the total package. He is such, kind of such a football nerd. I remember when... Peyton Manning was drafted and I was reading a preview magazine like a Lindy's or whatever it was and scattered through the magazine were ads for ESPN sports center. Mm. And it was like, which sports center are you? And it was stars watching like, here's when I watch sports center. And they had this big ad with Peyton Manning and he's watching sports center. It says which one he watches and he's just surrounded by Colts playbooks. And he's mm. just there like devouring the play because that's what he wants to do in his spare time. That's what Trey Lance is like. Mm. He, will get whoever drafts him. If they expect him to, to be their starter in September, they are going to have big problems. But I think they will know what they're getting themselves in for. It's interesting you make that, make that point that the couple of things there. Firstly, those Lindy's style annuals, uh, always the slightly inappropriate double page spread of the cheerleaders. So weird. <laughs> so weird now. So weird. <laughs> That's definitely going. Uh, the Traylon's Peyton Manning comparison, very similar to how Ollie, the producer, gets set for edge rush week in, week out. I mean, just, just, uh, <laughs> as I know you're aware, just waist deep in stats and, uh, and charts and graphs, just looking at every possible angle. So, that's, so you can really kind of join that line. You've got Peyton, Traylon's, Ollie, the producer. Yeah. I mean, everyone calls Ollie the, the podcast Peyton. Um, they do. Off air and now, now on air. So imagine, imagine, imagine Ollie, but as, as a, as quite a raw quarterback, which yes. you might be able to, yeah, he's perhaps not got the physique, but you know, Trey Lance is that lack of experience yeah. is only a problem really in terms of a evaluating mm. because there's just less of him to see, or B, if you think we need someone right now, now we know Jacksonville are going to take Trevor Lawrence, but if, if they were taking Trey Lance, they don't have their day one starter. Yes. They can just put Trevor Lawrence out there and be like, you're going to learn on the job. If yeah. they, if someone tries to put Trey Lance out there straight away, he's not going to learn on the job. He's going to just really struggle. He needs so, to 
Lance go to the Falcons. The Lions make sense. Uh, the Broncos less so. Uh, I, I, do you know what? I, I think um, I, I if I were the Broncos, I would be taking a very long, hard look at Trey Lance. I think that's mm. a big upgrade on Drew Locke mm. um, and would perhaps fit what they want to do. But he would then have to sit behind Drew Locke. And I don't know how much you're going to learn sitting behind Drew Locke. <laughs> it will be, will be the clamoring as well. That would be the problem, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. One missed throw. He's got a one missed throw, exactly. Yeah. Uh, time is against us, Ben. But I want to get your take. Those are the, the big names, I guess, in terms of expected to go in the first round. And we think they all will go in the first round, right? Barring something extraordinary. Yeah, happen. they may all go in the first 10. First 10, right? What about value further down the food chain because as i mentioned at the the top of the show you've got players like russell wilson players like that prescott now latter fell into a brilliant situation which i think was was instrumental but there could be other examples of that players that could fall into a backup gig initially in camp and then the starter goes down and they're playing behind a good offensive line they've got weapons around them and there we go you're up and running so give us a few names to be looking out for that could be valued deeper down the draft yeah and they and they are going to be quite quite a lot further down because you've there is quite in terms of perception at least there is a big gap between the big five and the rest the guy that interests me most uh lower down is kellen mond the quarterback from Texas A&M, who I think is probably going to go kind of like fourth round, um, started for four years at Texas A&M. Very, very experienced. He's, I don't want to say skinny. He's kind of lean, like Colin Kaepernick and athletic as well, but sometimes not the best decision maker and sometimes puts the ball, you know, where it shouldn't be. Um, ha- is a little bit inconsistent like Colin Kaepernick, but someone who can come in People aren't expecting to be, you know, a starter anytime soon, which is kind of the situation with Colin Kaepernick, who wasn't, you know, massively heralded um, from the from the wider football world. But clearly the 49ers liked what they were getting. And, you know, despite how it ended, Colin Kaepernick did take the 49ers to a Super Bowl mm. and was a star player briefly. Um, and the other guy, again, it could be a fourth rounder is Kyle Trask from from Florida, who's who's a very different sort of player to Kellen Mond. He's a he's a bigger guy um he's much more kind of much more sturdy uh, again smart and tough which we're getting a lot of quarterbacks this year who are like this again inconsistent um isn't the most mobile so again he's quite different to kellen mond he's like i don't think his ceiling is very high but he's somebody who can start in this league and if you can if you get someone in the fourth round who becomes your starter then you've done phenomenally well because you will have taken you will have taken top picks elsewhere who are going to who are going to help your team so there is value to be found further down i mean you know we we don't need to talk about how how late tom brady um waited to be to hear his name called wait a minute tom brady was was drafted late have you heard this? Have you heard this? <laughs> Hot take. Uh, so, you know, I'm not saying obviously that any of these guys are going to be Tom Brady, but I'm saying that you can find a starting quarterback outside the top 10 picks sometimes. Yeah. And this year could be one of those. It's it's a super intriguing quarterback class because of the clamor at the very top where we could see a situation where five go in the first five picks. But we could also see some really interesting people further down. And it's partly going to depend on their landing spots. Like if, if Tom Brady hadn't been drafted by the Patriots at that time, and if he wasn't able to, you know, work with Belichick at that time, would he be the Tom Brady that we, we know now? Probably not, I would say. So 
it's it's all about that situation and sometimes mm. if you are a, a later pick you're being picked by a team that isn't desperate for a quarterback and if you're a team that isn't desperate for a quarterback chances are you're a pretty good team already so you can find yourself mm. in a good situation mm. Well said. You, you know what would make me laugh is if the Packers reached up and took one of the five quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, I, I would just, I would just want to have a a webcam constantly on Aaron Rodgers in the same way that the year that Aaron Rodgers was drafted and he was the last person to kind of left in the green room and they just oh. kept shoving the camera in his face. Oh, guy. I would want that on draft day just to see him in a rage as they're like trading up to pick like Mac Jones or something. It would be like the Attitude Era WWE really sort of, you know, fly on the wall cameras where I'd really sort of ham trashing the dressing room style vignettes. That's what I would love to see. Uh, Brilliant stuff, Ben. Loving your work as ever. College days is rolling. It sounds like we've already nailed the merch, which is great. Uh, Keep working on those. Play on words. I want lots of different days, angles from you for our next episode, which is going to be next week. So, quarterbacks taking care of business but there's plenty more to talk about with regards to the draft we're going to look at skill positions the best receivers is a decent class there uh running backs are only going to go in the first round is something i want to get into with you the top defensive players where we're at with linemen there is so much ground to cover over the next couple of weeks so we're going to be dropping college days each and every week as the fra- uh, we're calling it a franchise college days already after one show do you want to well i mean again college and franchise seem to mm-hmm. kind of um mm-hmm. they're kind of like bumping off each other but i, I feel i feel it is i feel it is I it already is i mean they've got the edge rush franchise i mean this is the trouble i mean we've got contract negotiations that the difficult to maneuver right now with ollie the producer now edge rush has been a, a smash hit mm-hmm. he is you know all kinds of demands what's the original deal torn up and i mean you know so that worried that this could go the same the same way but well, you know well, do you know what? It makes me think of the, the thing that's going on in college football at the moment about mm. players who want to be able to own the rights to their own likeness, to be able to kind of profit from their own likeness. And I imagine <laughs> right. that Ollie wants to be able to yeah. sell merchandise that he will profit from directly. That is yeah. Ollie, yeah. the producer shirts, because, yeah. you know, you in college football, you can't buy a shirt with a name on it. But right. I think Ollie will want those those shirts with Ollie, the producer. He deserves to profit from his name and likeness. It is pretty, pretty big by now. I uh, got me thinking about much. Maybe we should look at. <laughs> we should genuinely, <laughs> genuinely look at. I, I think the thing that the thing that's needed. I think what the world is crying out for is one of those body shaped dolls, and that's Ollie the producer, and it's just very comforting <laughs> for people terrifying. who are at home working from home just to make themselves feel at ease. Because when he comes into my ear saying, "You know, do this, do that," I feel yeah. comforted. Yeah, and maybe there are, there were some lonely people out there who would like the the body doll. Thing. Just but would, the body doll's quite creepy, but I think maybe some kind of bobblehead with uh, X number of Ollie the producer phrases that we can just you could kind of push a button, you get a random one, you know, <laughs> a button in the middle. <laughs> yeah, or you press one, it's like sorry, no running order today. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Or was that okay, all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the vote of confidence I get. Uh, Lovely stuff, Ben. Back for College Days next week. Look after yourself, bud. We'll check in with you soon. Great. I've got a lot of studying to do. I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, get on with it. Brilliant stuff from Ben. You are set now, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of quarterbacks and the quarterback class of 2021. But there's plenty more where that came from. We have got a lot of ground to cover over the next couple of weeks. And Ben is going to be right in the thick of it, getting you ready 
for the draw. But that's not all we're doing here on the show. Next episode dropping later on this week. Our franchise focus continues. Two more teams coming into view. So make sure you join us for that one. Should be dropping Thursday. And incidentally, if you haven't already... Follow us on our social channels at The NC Show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Lots of bonus stuff going out there. Great work by Tom and the guys taking care of business as usual. So get involved with the conversation over on your social channel of choice. Terrific stuff from Ben. We'll be back Thursday. Bye for now. Podcast Network.